Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Whenever we hang on to those things, we give the devil a foothold. Sometimes that foothold is, is a mile wide. And so when you're trying, to, trying to, to, to keep yourself together, it's really hard to do when you've got this gaping hole out front. You know, it's like having a gate, and you're, you're trying to keep the dogs from getting out, and then, you, you know, you got the gate closed, and then there's a big hole in the fence in the backyard. No wonder they're getting out. There's no way to protect what, what's going on on the inside. And, you know, it, it doesn't help either as humans. We, we tend to compartmentalize stuff, you know? And people, it, you know, you've, maybe you've watched these movies where, you know, you've got these, these guys, they're involved in, in, in drug trade or whatever, and, and they're, they, they, they love their kids, and, you know, and they're doting on their children and everything, and, you know, and they, they see nothing wrong with, with selling their drugs, and they know that that's going to go out and, and affect millions upon millions of people. Because, you know, we can compartmentalize it. Well, this, this, is just, this is just my thing, you know. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on that. And I'll get around to it at some point in time. You know, and it, it's, it, it's, it's all of us. I mean, we, we, can't, we can't compartmentalize our lives because we're, we're, we're whole beings. Body, mind, and soul. Listen to what Jesus said in in Luke's gospel. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks... And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Now, I've never had anybody just walk up to me and slap me in the face. I don't know how, if I would be able to turn and and slap me again. You know? If somebody took away my my coat, I, you know, I, I... I don't, know, I don't know if I could do those things. But the thing I can focus on is treating people the way I want to be treated. Because I know how I like to be treated. And when we start looking at each other, I, I think we, it, it, it's not that hard to think about. You know, I, I don't think I would, I would like to have someone come up to me and say something that was just, just completely offhand and, and ugly. I wouldn't want that. And so we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that to somebody else. Treat everyone the way you want to be treated. That is the lifestyle of those who belong to the age to come. That's what Jesus was talking about. So now we're getting down to the nuts and bolts. And sometime later in the Gospel of Matthew, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, 
How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus replied, no, seven times. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, in the rabbinical discussion of Jesus' day, the rabbis, you know, whenever they got together, the, the consensus was that, that a brother or a believer, that's kind of the, the same thing, might be forgiven for repeating a sin for a maximum of maybe three times. We'll forgive you three times. Well, number four, that's it. No more forgiveness. Okay. Get that. So, Peter being, you know, he was the one that said, you know, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you and I'll die even. I think maybe he was trying to show himself maybe to be charitable. Maybe he was maybe trying to, to, to look good in front of the other disciples. Instead of saying three times, he said seven. Okay, seven times. So after seven times, then the eighth time, there's no forgiveness. Well, I don't think he expected Jesus' reply. I mean, 70 times 7, that's 490, right? Did I do my math right? Is it 490? But, but actually, Peter completely missed what the, the point that Jesus was, was trying to make. Jesus wasn't interested in trying to set limits for forgiveness. And he cut to the chase and he said, whether it's three, seven, or 490 offenses, if you're still counting, you haven't forgiven anybody. Ow! That'll leave a mark. And then Jesus goes on to tell this, this story, this parable. You remember, in Matthew chapter 18, there was a king. And he calls in everybody and he wants to settle the accounts. And so he calls in these people and there's this one guy that comes in and he just he throws himself on the mercy of the king and he comes in and he says, please forgive me for my debt. And according to the story, the way that Jesus told it, he said, it was in the neighborhood of about a million dollars or what it would amount to a million dollars. You don't really pay off a debt if it's like a million dollars, at least in, in, with my bank account. And so the man just falls on the mercy of the king and he begs him, please forgive me my debt. Please forgive me my debt. I promise I'll pay it back if you'll just be merciful to me. Wow. Okay. So... The king forgives him. A million dollars. Totally writ off. Wrote off. That's it. So, guy gets up, dusts himself off. I can kind of imagine he was probably got out of that one. And he goes outside and he sees a guy that, that owes him about $1,000. And he grabs the guy by the collar and he starts yelling at the guy, pay back what you owe me. And the guy says to him, please, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I'll pay it back. It's just $1,000. I promise you, if you'll be patient, I'll pay it back. And the guy 
that was forgiven tells the guy off to jail. How are you going to get your debt paid if the guy's in jail? But he hauls him off to jail and has him thrown in, thrown in there and he's incarcerated. Well, it just so happened some of the servants that had seen the little scene before that were in there whenever the guy was begging for forgiveness for that million dollars, they saw the guy and they go back to the king and they tell him, so you'll never believe what we saw. The guy that you forgave went out and started, started harassing this guy that just owed him just a few thousand dollars. Go get that guy. And this is, this is the account of what Jesus said about this guy who didn't forgive. You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison and to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. How do you pay a debt in prison? I don't know. But, but to be tortured? Wow. And notice what Jesus said at the end. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you ref refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Ouch. Forgiveness is a big deal. And in case you missed it, the point of the parable is, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Unforgiveness carries its, its own stigma and bitterness and resistance that will negatively affect our relationships. It will affect your life. It will affect your health. In an article that appeared in the Johns Hopkins Health Journal a few weeks ago, a psychiatrist, Karen Swartz, offered a few good reasons to forgive those who might have mistreated us. She said, whether it's a simple spat with your spouse or a long-held resentment toward a family member or a friend, unresolved conflict can go deeper than you realize. It may be affecting your physical health. The good news, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack. Improving cholesterol levels and sleep and reducing pain, blood pressure and the levels of anxiety, depression and stress. And research points to an increase in, in the forgiveness health connection as you age. And she says, there's an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you into a, a fight-or-flight mode, which results in numerous changes in your heart rate, blood pressure, and immune, immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to an improved health. Forgiveness is not about just saying the words... It's an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. As you release the anger, resentment, and hostility, you begin to feel empathy and compassion and sometimes even affection for the person who wronged you.
American author Lewis Smead said, To forgive is not to set a prisoner free, or is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. Forgiveness benefits us and those we forgive. And that's why Jesus instructed His disciples to pray for forgiveness of sin. It serves to benefit the entire community. Your family. Your friends. The people you work with. Just imagine the effect that that has forgiving somebody. The positive effects that it has. And the Apostle John said, If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. That's the truth. Could you stand with me this morning? I want us to say this this prayer together as we close. Our Father, You have told us that You cast our sin into a sea of forgetfulness. So we offer our most recent trespasses to You. Teach us to live in the same spirit of forgiveness toward those who sin against us. In Christ's name, Amen.